Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is the Straight Up Breakdown podcast. Exclusively on the Herd App Media Network. Tell it to me straight up. Hello and welcome into the Straight Up Breakdown podcast, proudly part of the Hale Varsity Network. I am Greg Smith. You're it's somehow Christmas week and I barely noticed because I've been too busy praying. Um, I keep having to look at this calendar to remind myself that Christmas is this week. Uh, joining me today uh, is Jackson State uh, Athletics beat writer for the Clarion Ledger, Kari Thompson. Kari, thank you for being on the show, man. How are you? No problem, man. I'm good. I'm good. It's been a long week, but a good week. For sure. <laughs> yeah, there, there is all sorts of things that I want to get into with you, um, because, like you said, there's been a long week because uh, y'all had a lot of stuff going on this week. But boy, there's been a lot of stuff that has happened uh, since you really have taken over the beat. We will get to that in a second. But first, I want to hit some, a, a little <laughs> bit of national news uh, in college football. As you guys know, listening to the show. Uh, we have a couple of segments that are mainstays of the show, and the first one is called Coach Speak, where we go over something that a coach, player, or talking head said, and then we give you the straight-up breakdown of what they meant. Coach Speak to Real Talk. Now, this week comes courtesy of Heisman winner from Alabama, Bryce Young. Um, now, the Heisman ceremony obviously happened a couple of weeks ago, but there was no pod last week. I wanted to talk about this, but it worked out perfectly uh, to be able to talk about it this week, too. Uh, Bryce had this to say uh, it, it, during his Heisman speech, quote, for me, I've always been somebody who's been labeled as not the prototype, Young said. Being a black quarterback and being, quote, undersized and not being that prototype, I've always been ruled out and kind of doubted. People a lot of times have told me that I wasn't going to be able to make it. And for me, it's always been about not really proving them wrong, but proving myself that I, of what I can accomplish. So, Kari, what does he mean by that? Let's break that down. I don't know. I mean, Bryce... I guess there's adversities of black quarterback these days, but if you look at the NFL, aren't we really going through a black quarterback renaissance? Like, look at all the black quarterbacks. I mean, you got Russ, you got Kyler Murray, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got who am I missing? There's, there's like Matt four, Mahomes, five, Patrick five sticks. You got Teddy Bridgewater just came out of the hospital. Like, I mean, there's, there's so many black quarterbacks in the NFL nowadays. I'm not taking away from what Bryce Young is saying, but uh, maybe he needed to use that as internal motivation. Uh, maybe that's what gets him going. And if that is, uh, that's a good thing because we all have to use what, what we think gets us going through this situation. Yeah, it, it's really interesting to me on this one too because it, it, I didn't, like, I, and I agree with you. That was my first thought when, when I saw that about just like in thinking about all of the black quarterbacks. And I totally agree. It's a black quarterback renaissance right now. And how you know is you're starting to have like career uh, black backup quarterbacks now. Uh, whereas but you never used to see that like you had to be like ice cold to be able to out there playing but then you also would not be able to be a backup and you're starting to see that start to happen more and more um, so I do think that that's changing but I do I found it interesting what he said about kind of being doubted 
because I feel like I saw a lot of conversation on social media about that because of course I think he was I think he was the number one quarterback recruit in his class coming out that year out of California um and so people were like okay how doubted were you really right and and I get that I do understand that but at the same time like he is a a smaller quarterback um and he's another he's one of those kids because we're in this kind of era of kids transferring even in high school um where he transferred high schools during his career as well so he kind of had that I just kind of think I think that of course like any top athlete like he had adversity to face and he had things to overcome but I think the right word was to just this to say people were haters like instead of doubters like we're really talking about haters versus doubters in this case Look, there's always going to be people who have something to say about anybody. You know, there's always going to be that one person who you're too short for, or who, uh, you know, who you don't, who they don't like your measurables. But uh, I mean, dude, Bryce Young, listen, take it for someone who's a high school sports reporter this time last year, right? right? And constantly on the site Max Preps, right? You know how they have those videos that just play on auto repeat, and yeah, like, <laughs> you know, they talk about those players. There was two names that I had burned into my head during my time as a high school sports reporter. Bryce Young and DJ Uyagalele. <laughs> yes. I only know how to say that because I've been hearing their names so much as a high school sports reporter. Yeah, that's funny you say that because it's, I, as I am my like at a regular job for HaleVarsity.com, I do cover Nebraska um, recruiting, right? And so I'm always on max preps all the time. And so those names were there all the time. um so is the the other now i've almost blocked him out but it was the defensive lineman that went to clemson about that same time brian breeze i think was his name yeah um he was always on highlights as well um yeah it's just interesting how that kind of goes is that even when you cover something totally different than like though wherever those kids ended up like there are always a handful of national recruits that you just can't escape. Like no matter mm-hmm. no matter who you cover, you cannot uh, escape them. Real ones know, man. Real ones in the Max Trucks hours, man. Real ones know. <laughs> yeah, the Max Trucks hours where you you hope that a team is out here updating stats. Um, th- those yeah. those are some those are tough days. Schedules too. Oh, the schedules. Yes, yeah, we had the. It's funny, it's that baseball year. We have a thing here where we just don't look at max prep schedules. Um, they have like individual conference schedules for the schools that we can kind of go to because we learned not to go look on it. max preps, don't go on the school website because most yeah. of the time those are updated. Like there's all sorts of stuff. Like you, like people, I think one of the real tough things about covering high school sports it's just all of the scheduling and that's just for football. Like I don't, did you cover outside of football or did you cover basketball? Oh yeah, I did every oh, sport. Yeah, that had to be hell. On my own. <laughs> yeah, that was, that had to be rough. So, okay, so that's a perfect segue then because what I really wanted to talk to you about um, and as I introduced off the top is that you now, you know, the Jackson State Athletics beat writer uh, for the Clarion Ledger. And so I guess I, w- I want to start here because it feels like it has not been very long since you had the job. Like, how long have you been on that beat? So my first game was the Mississippi Valley State game. I jumped in midseason. Okay. so you Really jumped- at the end of the season. Right. Like, towards the end of the season, you jumped in. 
And I feel like since that happened, I don't know for you if this has been good, bad, hectic or what, but I feel like there have been just any number of newsworthy things that have happened in Jackson State since you've been just covering the football team alone. Like run us through like kind of what this has been like for you and all and like the big headlines that have happened with Jackson State since you've been part of the beat. So I think the first couple of weeks of the beat, I was actually covering high school sports in Memphis during the week and driving down to Jackson okay. on the weekends uh, just because it's so close. And, you know, I was helping transition until they replaced me in Memphis. So, um, so it's been crazy. I'm still like not all the way, all the way, all the way moved. I have a place in Jackson, but I'm not like my couch isn't here or anything like that. <laughs> okay. like, so it's gotten real. So literally just jumping into one of the biggest sports stories in the nation. I mean, you jump in and Coach Prime's in the hospital. We don't know what's going on with them. You jump in and there's reports uh, out of out of the Dallas area that he's interviewing with TCU. Uh, you jump in and there's the drama of his return um, and, and him coming back in the Southern game and then scoring 21 points and Shador getting the game-winning touchdown and Shiloh clinching it with an interception. Uh, and then you jump in and they win the slack title. And then they head to Atlanta where they have all the hype. They sign Travis Hunter, the number one recruit in the country. Uh, everybody's talking about Jackson State. Everybody's talking about Deion Sanders returning to Atlanta. And then they get stopped. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 31 to 10 loss. Uh Symbolic that they lost by 21. We know how special that number is to Coach Prime. Right. Wild that they lost by that number. Um, and there you go, man. Here we are. Yeah, it's just been so many things. And I have, a, I think I've mentioned this on the pod before. Like, I have a, a special connection. Um, to Jackson State because my dad went to undergrad at Jackson State um, and I have told you on Twitter before that he reads you um, and so it's always interesting to me and I've been hearing about all like I mean since the day that they hired Coach Prime um, he has been excited for all of this like this has basically gone as as well as it could possibly have gone right um, over this right. Of time um, and so this season has just been so interesting because it's been building as like you said kind of the biggest story in college football and then it kind of culminated in last week where you have Travis Hunter like flip on signing day from Florida State to Jackson State. And then you have the big game in Atlanta and then they lay the egg in the mm -hmm. big game. And I feel like, hey, and this was not surprising at all that there were a lot of people waiting to be like, oh, well, you see, this is, you know, this is why they shouldn't got so much attention or this is why the kids shouldn't go there or whatever because of the one loss. Um, which we knew was going to happen. That was ridiculous, and it was going to happen. But I want to do a special mention of Travis Hunter making that move, which is such an enormous move, because it, for me personally, that day is so filled with all, like for me, Nebraska news and everything that's happening with them, and it still was that. But really, the other thing that all anybody could talk about was Travis Hunter flipping to Jackson State. Like, everyone was talking about that. So what was that mm -hmm. like from your perspective to see that happening? Like, how did, when did you kind of get wind of that? And what did that kind of end up doing to your day uh, once that went down? So I knew, I, I knew something was up when Barstool tweeted the day before that 
that clip of Coach Prime basically saying, we have something that's going to get every single media outlet's attention on signing day. Like, he called a shot. He said it the night before. Uh, so it wasn't like, it wasn't like Coach Prime went into this without, like, I literally wrote a piece about how Deion Sanders says something is up. <laughs> right. um, it was just a question of what it was. And then you start, the wheels start turning your head. Hmm. Travis Hunter was here for the Alcorn game where Jackson State drew nearly 60,000 fans for an official visit. And then you're like, nah, can't be. Number one recruit in the country. Uh, long time commit to Florida State. Uh, you know, kids just don't make those types of decisions. Lo and behold, 247 Sports, you know, goes on and says that Jackson State is in a good position to land them. And then it's like, holy smokes, this is real. And then, obviously, he has the formal announcement. And to answer your question, what it did to my day, um, that was the day before I was supposed to fly out to Atlanta, so I thought I was going to have a nice chill <laughs> off day, update the list, talk about a couple of players, what to expect for a couple of players that uh, Jackson State added. You know those lists where you yeah. kind of just, here's player X, and this is what you can expect this year. Nah, man. Mm-mm. It was right about Travis Hunter time. Yeah, and which is really interesting because then I had to, because, I, like, I obviously, and we talk about how you know of, like, a handful of national recruits, um, even if that person is not going to the school that you cover. So I knew about him. Um, I knew he was number one recruit. Um, and so I'm also, like, pulling away from what I'm doing to then kind of watch clips of him and, like, see. I was like, okay, so I, I was like, I... I know he played wide out. Um, I didn't realize until I went and did that research that he played both ways. Um, I see all the clips of him doing like everything you could possibly want on the field. Then I see the ceremony of the official announcement, which my favorite love part that. of the day. Uh, yes. <laughs> I just loved it. Um, and I always have the fact that he thing. threw the hats. Yes, the fact that he threw the hats was was top notch for me. Um, and I like that he actually the statement that he put out to go along with that to talk about the history. Um, of players selecting HBCUs, I thought was great as well. Um, yes. His opportunity to really do something different. I, I just think that it all to me came to be a perfect storm in a good way to then also continue to shine spotlight on HBCUs, but also, and this, uh, this was also another thing of things that were bound to happen. This was bound to happen where you had idiots coming out of the woodwork, a.k.a. Doug Gottlieb, that were out here mm. like, okay, well, why would somebody go there not realizing? Like, I just feel like people say stuff like that, especially particularly about HBCUs, without understanding, A, why we really needed HBCUs to begin with, and B, how successful the schools have been in producing elite NFL players. Like, it's not like it has never happened before. Right. Right. I mean, I wrote a piece this week highlighting the fact that Jackson State University and Florida State University have produced the same amount of pro football Hall of Famers in their football histories, which is four. Right. Uh, So if you think about it, everyone's like, why didn't he pick Florida State? You know, like, you know, like. Florida State has this, the stadium, and yet and they have all the amenities, and they have the money in this major school. Jackson State has a major history as a football powerhouse. It's just that there's been a lull. 
It's been a downtime, an extended downtime uh, at that. But, you know, you look in the 70s, in the 60s, Jackson State was churning them out, putting players in the NFL. And they still they put players in the NFL between now and then, but obviously players have kind of started to overlook them a little bit. But I think Coach Prime's starting to bring some of that back. It'll be interesting. Yeah, it will be interesting to me just to see, like, the continued spread of the influence of this. Um, because I think – but the thing is – is it really, it doesn't, and it's great that Travis Hunter did this, in my opinion, in that he is being the number one kid to do it. But you really actually, in my opinion, don't need the top, top guy to make these choices, to continue to raise and elevate the level of football and continue to bring awareness and to continue to make it to where it's a desirable place for guys to go. You just need quality players to continue to think that it's an option to take a look at it and then say, oh, okay, well, they have everything I need to be successful is at these schools too. Um, I, I don't have to go the, tra- like, I don't even want to say traditional route is not the way I want to say it, but I don't have to go the way right. that is more conventional now that people think of. I think there, are, there were a lot of kids, and again, this is how I, like, I can kind of tell this just because of how many different high school recruits I have to follow on Twitter to keep up with what's happening. I keep them in a list and all of this. There were a lot of kids that were talking about Jackson State, that were talking about HBCUs. I actually noticed, though, that more kids, like, at least had HBCUs in their final five, um, mm-hmm. and in some cases, top threes. Like, I, I saw a lot more of that, and I, I think that there is something building um, with that. And it, it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't necessarily have to be like all of the top players. It just needs to be a, a known option for kids. Right. I'd agree with that as an HBCU grad. However, we are talking about Deion Sanders here, and he is not one that tries to do anything average or mediocre. He is one that is going to swing. It's, it's prime time. He tries to make prime time moves, right. and he made a prime time move. I mean, how poetic is it? Think about it. This kid is a cornerback going to play for Deion Sanders, who was committed to Florida State, Deion Sanders' alma mater, and decides to go play for the man himself to represent an HBCU. How much more powerful can that symbolism get? Especially when you hear Deion on ESPN talking about, like, basically how Travis studied who Coach Prime is. And was that's prime time to the point where like they've talked about how much they both are quote unquote from the hood and love fishing. <laughs> I mean, it's the little things like that that they've bonded over, and uh, that's why it's just so interesting that he made this move, and so interesting that there's so many people saying, "Oh, it must have been because of the money." Because yeah. I don't know. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say there's so many people saying that Travis Hunter went to went to Jackson State because of money or, or a, a rumored NIL deal which with Barstool, which Dion has denied, Coach Prime has denied. My thing is, my question to those folks are, so did, you, so did Florida State really get outbid by little old Jackson State? <laughs> did, did Jackson State scrape up more money? You know what I'm saying? Would, would even, if, even if he did have a a deal with Barstool, which I've been told by a JSU source that it doesn't, at least yet. Okay. Um, even if he did have one, he couldn't get it at any other school that he picked. 
it was contingent on him going to Jackson State. Come on, man. I mean, this kid is such a high-caliber recruit. He's going to get paid no matter where he goes right. under these rules. Like, he can pick wherever and get paid. Yeah, and that's what that was, was my first thought, too, is that, okay, so if, if you, if you want to say that he only went there because of the money, like, that is right. Like, what, what's right is, is you're saying then that Jackson State outbid Florida State, um, which, if you, like, it's just crazy. Like, but they not only outbid right. Florida State, they also outbid Georgia, right? Because right. Georgia was in the mix, right? He, he threw their hat, too. Um, so, like, what, it just doesn't make sense. And I think that it's one of those things where people are just searching for reasons beyond what he actually said and beyond the relationship. And I also think that people did not realize until maybe later in the day or the next day, kind of the relationship that had developed between Travis and Coach Prime and that how much Travis had studied him because I was reading more about that stuff later on in the day about how, wait a second, we maybe should have, like, I don't know, seeing this coming is too strong because you just don't ever see that particular set of circumstances, but we should have maybe thought it was at least a possibility based on some of the stuff in his, in Travis's background and how much he revered coach prime and all of that. And so it was just interesting. Like I just found the whole thing to be a really fascinating story and something that obviously people are going to continue to be, you know, paying attention to, um, and, and it'll continue to be a big thing. And I wonder too, from, from your point of view, as, as you saw like attendance continue to rise and I know JSU mm-hmm. outdrew a lot of teams, um, mm-hmm. going throughout this season, they had so much interest in all of that. Is there, is there any danger of that waning or falling off at all at this point, or does it just continue to pick up and take off from where it is? I think it's going to continue to take off because like you've added the number one recruit in the country to the mix. Who's who's not like, dude, if you're in Jackson, Mississippi and you're bored on a Saturday, you have the opportunity to go see a five-star kid like Travis Hunter play every single day. Who's been every single week who's been compared to like a Charles Woodson type or maybe even Deion Sanders type. Like, I mean, I know this is hype for a high school kid, but I mean, it's pretty lofty comparisons. Um, <laughs> and and uh, I think what's unique and why Coach Prime was so smart to pick Jackson State is that Jackson State is one of, is one of the few HBCUs with the infrastructure to do this. Yeah. Like, I went to an HBCU. I went to Hampton. Hampton on its best day could not do what Jackson State is doing right now because Hampton Stadium only seats like 17,000. <laughs> so even if you have a sellout, it's like 17,000 people. Right. A lot of schools in the a lot of schools in the in the in the SWAC are the same way. You look at Mississippi Valley, same way, Bethune, same way. Um, there's really only a few HBCUs that could do this. Jackson State is like one of the few along with like maybe Tennessee state, North Carolina, A&T and like FAMU, maybe Southern, we can throw Southern in the border borderline. Okay. But after that, there's not too many HBCUs with the thing, with the capabilities of playing in a 60,000 seat stadium. Yeah. And that, that's definitely, um, and that's part of him creating kind of prime time and creating that excitement, right? I like guess different right. with 60,000 in there versus 17,000. 
um, which is definitely, you know, make, it makes another kind of subplot of all of this. Um, because I saw the, the like the thing where um, there was it the old Miss fan that came down uh, for the game. Walker Sturgeon. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it did a lot, like even having, being able to do things like that and have people come down and check it out. Um, it's just, it's just fascinating to me. And it's, and it's so many things have to come together all in the right mix to do this right like you have to have the right coach and obviously they do with the right personality but then also you have to be winning um you also have to have a little bit of style points to that as well like it's just Mm -hmm. all coming together for them to then see them capitalize on it immediately to land travis hunter and there's a couple other recruits too um that are in that group they had a couple transfers too um, that'll be really interesting too. And so it just, the, the thing it's cooking and, and it'll be real fun to see kind of how it continues to evolve down there. Um, and I know that one, the thing though, that everyone that I've talked to about this up here, um, they always kind of add the caveat. Yeah, but we'll see how long, you know, coach prime stays down there. And I want, mm-hmm. that's the, the last thing on this topic. I want to get your take on like, what do you think when you hear people say that? Because I find it, I don't want to poison the well. I don't want to, I don't want to lead you. I, I listen to, what do you think when you hear people say that? I just have a question. I have, I have a question. And my, my question is simple. Uh, and there are some people who are going to give me simple answers, but I think it's a little more complex than they would say. Because my question would be, what could, a power five program realistically do for Deion Sanders that he can't do at Jackson state. Right. Like, and so a lot of people are going to say money. A lot of people will be like, well, he can make $10 million a year somewhere. Um, if he picks the right school, which is true. We all like money. Money's important. Uh, but this is a guy who's played in the NFL and the MLB, <laughs> and still has endorsement deals. Um, you know, like, uh, he he's said it. He said it on ESPN, like, the money's not going to change his lifestyle, right? So if he's, if he spent all this time talking about, you know, what he views as a calling to uplift the HBCUs, uh, for him to get pried away, pried away by money would look very, it wouldn't be a great look for him. Like, <laughs> just, just, just as a person. It just wouldn't be a great look for him. Uh, the other thing that a lot of people are going to bring up, well, he can't win a national championship, right? He's, you know, he, what if he leads FSU to a national championship? My take on that is this dude has won two Super Bowls. I mean, <laughs> this dude has hit uh, MLB home run and scored an NFL touchdown the same week. <clears throat> he's lived his life. He's, he's won the big games already, you know, he's been involved in much bigger things than the CFP, which a lot of FBS coaches, you cannot say that for. Um, so again, what can they really do other than those things? Yeah. And it, and it, and it looking at it that way is such an interesting thing because if it all comes down to what Dion wants, coach problem, what he really wants is, if, if he believes, and he has said this multiple times, you know, that like he believes the calling to uplift HBCUs. And if that is his motivation and that's what he's saying, I'm going to take him at his word, um, then those things won't matter. <laughs> like it, it really <laughs> won't, unless he got to the point where he feels like, you know, he did his work and he, he got, you know, got Jackson State and HBCUs to a place. But I don't know how you can even measure that. So I don't, I don't know. 
Like it would have to take. I'm and that's not a two, three, four year process either. No, it's really if, not. If that's no. really what it is. No. Um, so yeah, continue. It's my bad. Yeah, no, no, you get. And so it's just like it, it. It makes it difficult to see what the situation would be because you also have to. A part of me also wonders if you take like if he took I don't know pick a job that was open at USC. So he right. had taken the USC job. Like I just feel like it also the his quality of life based on where he is like see so coaches make these trade-offs to go take that pressure cooker job at usc for all of the money that it entails to chase that glory when they haven't necessarily accomplished the things that Dion has accomplished and so he doesn't need to necessarily do that and we don't know that that's not like that chase if that's not what drives him then he's never going to want to take say usc or, you know, like if Michigan was open or something like that, you know, like it just wouldn't be the same motivator that it would be to a Lincoln Riley or a Jim Harbaugh. Like it just wouldn't be the same situation. And so I'd, I would be really curious what what it would take to be able to pry him away. Um, I just think that it would have to be a lot more than what people are thinking, even though we like the reports about him, him interviewing for the TCU job and all of that. Like, I just feel like, but even that is a more unique situation because they were like, they had set up shop in Dallas, right? Like they were like Dallas Fort Worth area. Like that's where they were at before he was at Jackson State. So that, that actually makes a little bit more logistical sense um, than just picking, you know, Auburn, for example. Like it just didn't, I, I just don't think that all of those make sense in the way that people want to just assume that they do. Yeah, I mean, like, I think a lot of people are just assuming that he's a mercenary, <laughs> yeah. that he's just a hired gun uh, that will just go wherever and do whatever. And I don't know. I've only asked him a couple questions over the over my short time here. But he is, if you take him at his word, which... Obviously, you have to trust but verify as a journalist. You can't just immediately take someone out of his work. But he's saying that he has a calling to uplift the HBCUs. And I don't think he would take it that far. I don't think he'd be saying that publicly if there wasn't some truth to that. Like, I don't, because I, you don't have to take it that far. You can just say, I really Yeah, you didn't have to say coaching. it. <laughs> yeah. You can say, I really wanted to get into coaching, you know, like, you know, I always dreamed of being a head coach. I've been coaching stores since his little. This is my opportunity. That's what you say uh, if you, if you, you know, if you didn't feel that way at least a little bit. So if he truly feels that way, and then within a couple of years turns around and competes against the very schools that he was looking to uplift, <laughs> uh, that just looks hypocritical, honestly. Um, you know, because he didn't have to say it. He didn't have to say any of that. He chose to repeatedly, and he's doubling down. A lot, right. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, that's a good place uh, for that um, transition here because I think that every week we end the show with my favorite segment of the week called Put Them on Blast, uh, where we basically put someone on blast for something that they did or said. Put them on blast. Um, now, as always, I like to let the guests go first. So, Kari, I'm going to let you go first. Who are you putting on blast this week? Angry Power Five fans are mad about the Travis Hunter decision. <laughs> no question, no hesitation. 
there's a lot of Power Five fans who are telling on themselves and really feel that they own these kids who feel like these kids can't make any decisions on their own to attend other schools than their mainstream schools, these Power Five FBS schools. There's always room for different decisions. There's always room for picking a place where you can feel comfortable and learn from people who have similar interests in mind, learn from institutions that have been designed for the purpose of educating you, particularly, um, and institutions where you don't have to be a minority. Um, There's always room for that. I think that conversation needs to be had throughout our society, beyond just football, even down to the regular kids who are applying to college. Because even if you're a superstar student, there's still that stigma of attending an HBCU. Even if you're a five-star student who aces the SAT, you know, there's plenty of them who still pick these PWIs. So it's a deeper conversation than just football. I'm glad it's being raised. And I'm glad a lot of these nut jobs are being exposed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like I think that I think that well said on all of that. I think that that, that conversation that that we can that people can even start to have that conversation i think is so necessary and i think it's important i think that that, that conversation needs to happen and i think that in part um just because like i said earlier related to the football portion of it is that i think that kids understanding that it is an option um is a good thing and why it's an option why it was needed but then let's be real there's a lot of people now there's a the, the segment of the angry power five fan that we're never going to reach that was just mm-hmm. going to be angry and you got the, like that tinge of the ism coming out um, mm-hmm. when it came to this, right? Like that, those people were never going to reach, but there are a group of people that man for that was this season in particular um, of college football. And then that Travis Hunter decision was their larger exposure to HBCUs, right? And, and not through necessarily anything nefarious or like they were out here, like, you know, like doing it on purpose, it happened. And so, and they were willing to be open to learning, right? I think that's, that's a key part mm-hmm. of that. I think that some of that goes on too. So I always like to look at those folks too, because they do exist, even though I will never say that those, that, that other group of large group of people um, also exist. They definitely deserve to be put on blast. But the whole larger conversation around all of this, like I said, is very needed and important um, because I think that educating more people on all of this, I think is always good and needed. Um, and I think continuing to have those conversations is definitely worthwhile. Yes, sir. Totally agree. Well said. Now, well, the the who I who I have to put on blast, and I can't even get it out um, because I've been seeing this build over the last it feels like couple weeks, right? With pro sports leagues and COVID, um, mm-hmm. what what is happening here? Like, I think today I saw a headline today from USA Today where um, Chiefs tight end uh, star tight end Travis Kelsey was one of fifty one players that went into the COVID protocol today on Monday. We recorded some Monday uh, to go live on Tuesday, and I. I I was talking to someone earlier today where I feel like basically the NFL has relaxed their rules continuously in such a way to where they're basically like, hey, COVID, if we don't talk about it, it doesn't exist. The NBA comes out with this cockamamie rule about, hey, let's go ahead and have people have replacement players that they can bring in if you lose a certain amount of your regular players 
then they have to go into protocol and those replacement players don't count against your salary cap or over your luxury tax and all of this. And I'm just, I'm sitting here looking like, I feel like right now with the way the headlines are going for sports leagues and really in the world at large, um, but we can do a whole separate podcast on that, um, is that it feels like March 2020 all over again. Like this is what mm-hmm. this feels like where every hour I feel like there is another headline about so-and-so either has COVID-19 or they're going into the protocol. And I just feel like we're like, it feels like we should be going towards sports leagues pausing. Um, but on the other hand, the reason that these sports leagues are going on blast is because I don't think they are going to pause. I think that everyone's just going to push through this um, even though it continues to spread rapidly throughout these leagues. Like I, I find it kind of crazy that we've just decided that we're just going to keep pushing through uh, with these games. Okay. Um, so you're saying that they, that they should, are you saying this shut down immediately? Like what are you saying? I'm saying that they need to, they, they well, uh, I, okay. What I think they should do is shut down now because of the fact that they're so like the spread is just so much within leagues. What I think they should have done to prevent this point though was continued stringent testing. I thought that the lax in testing um, is really what led us here because when you got to the point where you weren't testing as rigorously, so because you didn't want people to miss games, essentially, um, you ended up having more spread within these teams. It's something that naturally is easier to spread um, within a sports team. So if you had bit the bullet and taken one or two guys and sat them into the protocol, instead of ignoring those one of two guys and then letting that spread, I think you would have come out in a better situation to be able to continue playing games. I just don't know how you're going to keep running, especially in football, keep running these teams out here where, you know, the bears are missing most of their secondary um, because everybody's in the protocol. I don't really have a strong take either way. I'm not a doctor. I was in college five years ago and I'm just a meathead who writes about sports. Um, So like, Here's, my, here's what I can say about this, though. Your point about it feeling like March 2020 again. The morning shot for me in March, the, 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 the moment when it all seemed like it was all going to shut down after the Rudy Gobert thing, right, when he touched all the mics, was when the Ivy League canceled its tournament. Yeah. Because uh, I, remember, I remember sitting... And at Middle Tennessee State University in Murfreesboro, because I was covering the Tennessee State Basketball Championships. Um, That's where I was when the world all shut down last year. Uh, We were in the girls tournament and they made it to the semifinals and they canceled the tournament and never played it. So there were four teams left and we don't know who would have won um, in Tennessee. Um, So the warning shot to me was the Ivy League. I saw the Ivy League saying we're going to we're going to shut down the tournament and, and go virtual. And this week, Harvard, you know, I pay attention to Boston stuff because I'm a Boston guy. That's where I'm from. Uh, this week, Harvard announced that it's going virtual classes. Um, so that's that's kind of telling to me because uh, I, I don't know if Harvard is known for much, but they're, they're, they're known for research. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know right. what I mean? That is, that like, is kind of their thing. Yeah, Harvard is known for it's, it's doing research and doing homework and knowing what they're talking about. So if they're shutting down the campus and going virtual, I think there's some smoke where there might be fire, which is unfortunate because who knows what the future holds for us. Yeah, it's really tough. And I, and I don't like it. it it's just a, I think it's 
difficult in many, many ways uh, for a lot of people that you like that like in ways that you see and don't see, right? And I think that that, that enduring this pandemic for now two years basically. Um, has had a lot of impact on our society that some that will never be the same, right? Um, but I do hope, I, I, and while I, I start off saying that I want the sports league to pause, I want them to pause ultimately so people get healthy and they can come back and finish. Um, but also they need to be healthy. But then also I recognize that if things are trending the wrong direction, that it's going to mean a lot of bad stuff for a lot of people um, because I know how difficult this has been just in talking to people. And I know those of you listening know, know this feeling because it's one of those things. And we said this very early on in the pandemic that it's, it's one of the very rare things that it has affected all of us in some way, large, mm-hmm. small, and like whatever it's been a, a way that it's impacted your life. Um, and so we all have those stories. And so it's just tough. I hope that we something happens, and we can turn the tide here. Um, but but it's, it's going to be difficult. Yeah, well said, man. I agree. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Subscribe to the podcast everywhere you listen to them. Rate us and review us. Leave us a five-star review. If you leave four, I'm inclined to think you're a hater and nobody wants that. Make sure you're <laughs> checking out the podcast on the other podcast on the Hill Varsity Network, the Mind Your Own podcast. Varsity Club, Nebraska Press Post Game Show, and the Hill Varsity Radio Show. Also, check out the Hill Varsity YouTube page. I'm back on there with the recruiting question uh, video of the week. You can also get at us on Twitter at GregSmithHB at underscore Kari Thompson. You can also email the show at straightupbreakdown at hillvarsity.com. I will catch you guys next week. A Huda Media Production.